Motivate with KAT is an online enrollment team training platform. If you need to increase conversions across the board, train your team on how to effectively communicate with prospective students, learn accountability, manage upcoming class starts, and so much more, head on over to lessonsthatmotivatewithcat.com to learn more. Hey guys, this is your host, Kathy Belletti, and welcome to another episode of Ed Up Career Schools, The Scoop. We're taking a deep dive into how career schools have been able to inspire, support, and place their students over the years into the careers that they deserve. As a bonus, get out that pen and paper. You're getting some free admissions tips on how to get immediate results. All right, all right, guys. So welcome back to yet another amazing episode of Ed Up Career Schools, The Scoop. And today I have a very important guest with me. This young lady is sensational and she leads with her heart. You know, a lot of times when it comes to career education and admissions, a lot of people think it's a nine to five. Okay, on paper, but when you're dealing with people, it's very important to understand that higher education and admissions is a people business. And I have not met many people who really lead with passion and with their heart. So please welcome Director of Admissions with American Institute, Iaja Gregory. Hey, Iaja, how are you today? Hey, Kathy, how are you? I am good. What's going on in your world, Aisha? Well, I'm just continuing in, you know, loving what it is that I do. A lot of times I think about, you know, the career path that I've chosen. And I, I, I honestly can't see myself doing anything else but really helping and loving on people. So I'm, I'm still in that vein. I love it. I love it. And so Aisha, I want people to know about you. All right. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, what were you doing before you actually got into higher education? And how? what was the transition like? Okay, so here we go. So before <laughs> I got into this is crazy. Before I got into higher education, believe it or not, I was a telemarketer for the Daily News. And so I was, (laughs) I was um, on the phone telemarketing and getting people to subscribe to the daily news. Look how far we've come, right? With technology. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, so that's what I was doing. And then from there, I was a call center manager. So um, what I did was um, I managed a whole call center with maybe 40 reps at a time that were getting subscriptions to the Daily News and the New York Times and the Boston Globe and all these different newspapers. And so that's how I got into um you know, the telemarketing thing. And then my transition came from, they started to close down telemarketing departments and I uh, applied for a job doing telemarketing at a career school um, in New York City. And that is what started me. So I was in telemarketing for a long time, even in proprietary education. So I hung out there for a while. Holy smokes. You said 40 reps? Yeah. Yep. Wow. What was that experience like? (laughs) It was just, it was, you know, it was different from proprietary because with that many reps and that was sales. So all you Mm -hmm. did was, you know, basically you had to 
auto dial, you know, and they just will constantly just have to sell people into getting the, the subscriptions. But even that I realized early on in my career, even that required, you know, connection and required mm-hmm. people having to trust you and people, you know, having to build a rapport. So even back then it, it, it really was a great segue into, um, pr- proprietary education. Wow, that is amazing. So as you transitioned into higher education, what would you say some of the challenges were that you faced? Because, you know, selling a newspaper and really trying to inspire students to take the next step in their career, it's like, holy crap, still got to talk to people, still have to find out their need. But what was the most challenging for you? I think the most challenging part for me was, believe it or not, self-confidence you know when you've gotten a level of success in one arena and then you have to transition into another arena I think everybody deals with if they really can do this and so when I was doing how I got into admissions if I could just tell that little bit oh yeah um, with the confidence but when I got into admissions, it was, I was afraid to do admissions. When I got into admissions, it (laughs) happened because all of the students that I was talking to, you know, back then telemarketing was in a different building. So the students that I would get on the phone and get them to come into the interview, they were like, well, where's the lady I talked to on the phone? We want to meet. So I found myself (laughs) So I found myself running to the other buildings so much. And they're like, Asia, you need to be doing admissions, <laughs> especially after they closed the telemarketing again. And I was like, I don't know if I can do it. But, you know, the challenge, I guess, to get back to your to your answer is the challenge is you have to believe not only in yourself, but you have to believe that you're 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 doing something for somebody that's going to change your their life. And you have to believe in that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's so many advisors that struggle with that. And some of them have been in the industry for years, uh, but a lot of it has to do with confidence and rejection. You know, and once they pick up that phone, the first thing they're anticipating is someone to say, why are you calling me? I never requested information. Who are you? You know, but a lot of it definitely has to do with self-confidence. So you are 100% correct. What do you love most about your role, Aija? Oh, I mean, the, 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 the best thing about what it is that I do, aside from the directing part, because mm-hmm. one of the things that I do is um, as a director, I also write which is awesome because it keeps me relevant, right? Mm-hmm. It allows me to be able to um, show, not just tell my people what to do, but I can lead by example. Mm-hmm. So I never stop sitting with students. I never stop enrolling. And I think the biggest thing for me and the thing that I love the most is I am a heart manager. I'm a heart person. I love people. I love helping people change their life, especially, you know, our young adults, you know, whether it's young or old, but I, I, I really, I really enjoy seeing people's lives changed. So for me, that is what drives me. And it makes me know that I'm in purpose because we're all created to kind of give back to, to, to the, to the society, you know, and it requires us giving of the gifts that's, that's put in us that we're, we're, we've been given to do. You are so right. How many people do you have on your admissions team right now? Right now, right now I have a team of four. 
a team of four. Mm-hmm. So how do you manage expectations? You know, because you have different personalities on your team. Everyone is not in the same background. Um, a lot of times you have people coming from different industries also. Mm-hmm. So when you are managing a team um, of different personalities, different backgrounds, like what are some of the challenges there? Well, one of the things that I, I try to do, and it goes back to me with the heart thing and not just helping students, but wanting to help people in general. So I'm the kind of manager that wants to help the people, not just do well in their job, you know, but I want to see them do well overall in their career, in their life, because when they feel good about themselves and they feel successful, then you have a better person. So the mm-hmm. way I manage expectations is I manage them individually. Um, so that goes back to admissions with me getting to know who they are, getting to know a little bit about the person that I've hired and their background, what triggers them, what drives them, what motivates them. Some are self-motivated like myself. I don't need somebody constantly telling me, oh, you're great. You're great. You're great. You know, I don't need that, but some other people may need that. Absolutely. And so for me, I do, um, one-on-ones. I love doing one-on-ones because one-on-ones, you really get the real of the person and you really get to kind of help them. And then I do the group meetings. So Mm -hmm. each representative, and I've managed a team of four and I've managed a team of of 12, you know, or Mm -hmm. more. And so they're all so different. And if you try to manage them the same, you are not going to get the best results because they're all so very different. And I'm still learning that I have not arrived. Um, it's still a goal. We're all still growing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> don't, don't, don't cut yourself short. You say you manage a team of four and 12. Let's not forget about that 40. Uh, you know, person, team. (laughs) Yes, yes. But I mean, in admissions, you know, I've I've managed teams and I've managed Mm -hmm. more than one school of teams Mm -hmm. where I had a team in one school and a team in another school. And it all, all of it has to do with relationship building rapport building you know when you're trying to get a student to start school it's the same motivation that's needed to get somebody to work you know but the main thing is to make sure that whoever you have on your team they have a desire to help people you know so it 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 goes back to the people you choose as well they need to have a passion to want to help people absolutely all about and i brand and i don't mean to cut you off no 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 my department on love You know, if you don't love the student and you don't care about the student, it's not going to work. You make a really good point, because I think sometimes um, as admissions leaders, we kind of forget that our advisors are people, too. Right. Mm -hmm. So we always train to, um, you know, let them know when you're talking to prospects, when you're talking to your current students, you have to make sure a student first mentality is all about their need, you know, what's going on in their life at this point in time, that's going to drive them to take action. But sometimes I find that in enrollment leadership, that same, you know, theme is not current when it comes to managing the advisors now it kind of turns into okay this is what i need you to do (laughs) you know instead of taking a step back and coaching them as people Mm -hmm. as well because our advisors consist of people they have uh, you know feelings they have personalities also they have passion and they have goals 
And a lot of times when we take a step back and find out, you know what, what are your goals? We'll find that sometimes some of them may be misplaced. Yeah, you don't have people on your team who are, you know, destined to be in a different department in the yes. school altogether. Yes. You know, so it's very important that you're having those one-on-one meetings. That is awesome. Um, in your opinion, what do you think it really takes to be successful in your role as a director? I, I think in my role as a director, I have to always do exactly what it is that you just said. I understand the business part of it, mm-hmm. but I also understand that people want to feel, you know, we always think that compensation has to be always um, monetary, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's not about monetary. Some people that you're dealing with, especially as a leader and having people under you, they really need confidence. They really need to know you depend on them. They want to be heard. They want their ideas to be, to be heard. They want to, you know, they want to grow. And you made a good point about finding out about your rep and making sure about what their goals are and what it is that they desire to do and treating them just like they're, they're human. They have Mm -hmm. their ups and their downs as well. And if they don't think you don't care and you don't have a connection, with them it's going to be it's going to be a challenge so i think to answer your question i think making sure that you keep it personable to a to a a level you need to connect with your people in a very personal way and let them know that you're there for them and you do care and it has to be real i love it i love it (laughs) there's so much passion when you're talking about your role and your team And when I tell you, uh, you know, that's really hard to come by. You don't get a lot of people who's this passionate about this industry nowadays. So, you know, when it comes to the selection process, you know, you think of admissions, you know, um, at the end of the day, admissions is a sales position. (laughs) Just throw it out there. It's a sales position, right? And I know it's not a term that the industry likes, but at the end of the day, when you think of um, sales, you have to be able to find out what your customer's need is in order to pair, you know, the right program or the right product or service with what they really need for their life and their family. But sometimes it falls into, okay, I'm looking for the perfect advisor. So I need someone who's driven, someone who never says no, someone who's assertive, you know, they have to be, you know, that kind of uh, car salesman person type of personality. And that doesn't always work in higher education, not, right? Not at all. No, not at so all. in your opinion, what would you say would make a great advisor? Well, I'm glad you kind of asked me that question because I, and don't take this anyway, guys, whoever's listening, but, um, <laughs> I do not like salespeople. I don't. And I know mm-hmm. that I'm in a sales position, mm-hmm. you know, but every salesperson that I've run across that falls under the category of sales, they're just like you said, car, they're not listening. They don't care about anything going on in your life. They just want what they want at that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I'm picking a um, admissions representative, they don't have to have all of the experience of proprietary. No, Mm -hmm. they just have to have, I call it that it factor, which is one, they are good at communicating. They care about people. You can tell it comes, comes across. 
they go about finding a way to help people. And so, and they do have a little tinge of, you know, they, they have that passion. You can, you can, you can hear some of the things that you do hear in salespeople, but it's a different motive behind it that you can hear and you can see that you can kind of mold it into how it would work best for our industry. So for me, I don't have to have somebody that's been in the industry for 20 years. You know, if I see a certain level of, um, of, of, of that thing in you of caring and loving to help people and going beyond, and I see it, I will train it. That's easy to train. That's so true because there's certain things that you can't teach, right? <laughs> certain right. traits that, you know, the person has to come with. And I think a lot of this has to do with the perception of salespeople. Mm -hmm. So this is why sometimes when we mention sales in higher education, it's so much of a naughty word. Mm -hmm. Because when you really think of um, what people view as salespeople are, you know, they're really pushy. And sometimes you hear students say, oh, man, I feel like I'm pressured, mm -hmm. you know, and it's because there was really no rapport built. Right. And when you're driving someone to invest thousands of dollars into something that's intangible, <laughs> they don't get to see the results until the end. It goes way beyond just giving all this information and saying, all right, so let's get you started. And they have to take a step back and really find out what, why did you call? What's driving you to even want to take this step? And so I, I totally understand where you're coming from. So I can't talk to me. What do you thought? What are your thoughts on the future of career education? Because we've come a long way. Yes, we have. And I'm going to tell you something I talked to. Um, and that is such a good question. So for all of you that are listening, listen, career education is going nowhere. Um, we may get more savvy, but this is a, a, a real need. Um, I've even noticed in the years that I've been doing it, the shift in even as I go out into the high schools and I have guidance counselors who have bought into the fact, or not even should I say bought in, but they've gotten the revelation that the students that they are guiding are just not going to college. They don't have the, the tenacity. They don't have you know what that takes to to invest that time and so they're understanding that these students need a trade and i don't think that um a student that doesn't that goes to that doesn't go to college cannot be successful so i think that the future of of trade school is just going to grow um it might change in how it's presented or how it's um you know how we do it, but it's not going anywhere. And I'm hoping that they start to put vocational back into high schools because there is a need for students to be able to, um, to go to school and still educate themselves based upon their own learning style. Not everybody mm -hmm. is, is born to know how to, to, not know how, but not everybody's born to learn the same way. Does that mean they can't be educated? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We all can be educated based upon our skill set of how we learn. We don't get to choose that, you know? And when you understand that, and when you believe that, you will understand your audience and the, the type of students that we are helping, and you will embrace the process. 
Oh man, that was a loaded response, Aisha. <laughs> I can I can sense the the passion <laughs> in your response. It's like my my hairs, my little hairs on my arm <laughs> was raised, you know, because I'm thinking of so many different students out there who really don't learn in specific environments. You know, not everyone is cut out for the classroom setting where it's just some gen ed classes. Some people, you know, they have short attention spans. That's not their learning style. You have others that really need to be in a hands-on environment where they're doing, you know, teach me how to do this and then let me go. There's some students who are not set for online learning. You know, a lot of people do not have that discipline (laughs) to learn online. You know, so this is why it really comes back to peeling back that onion and asking the right questions so that we know that we're providing the right opportunity. Every student is different. So we have to approach every single situation like we're starting all over (laughs) from scratch. So yes, I definitely agree with you. Career education is not going anywhere, is definitely needed. You know, um, there are certain jobs where we need people immediately. And some people just don't have the time to be in college for two to four years based on their personal situation. So I'm really excited about that direction. Any last thoughts for our listeners, Aija? Actually, yes. You know, I was- Bring it. (laughs) And I just wanted to say for any admissions rep out there that's listening to this, for any director that's out there listening to this, if you bring it back to basics of loving the people that you want to help, seeing the students not as a number, not seeing them as anything but people that are trying to, to better their lives, and you being a person that wants to help, you have the opportunity in proprietary education to change generations. You know, people yes. come from backgrounds that are really not that great, and that does not, they're breaking generational things in their family and so when we walk alongside them and we get them to the to those places you have now changed the trajectory of a whole um possible lineage and that's absolutely a, that's powerful for us and so the next time you sit with the student just think about how many lives are in them you know what i mean that's going to change because we took the extra time to coddle we took the extra time to walk alongside them. We took the extra time to advocate for them. Mm-hmm. And it makes us, it makes the world a better place. We have more people that are contributing to society. You know what I mean? And as directors and leaders, when you're when you're managing your people, remember that this is not an easy job. You know, no. and, and just enc- encouragement goes a very long way. You know, so don't underestimate the power of a thank you. Don't underestimate the power of you're doing a great job in spite of the things you have going on in your life. Don't underestimate, you know, those types of things because we're all led by wanting to be loved and wanting to be encouraged and wanting to be told that we're contributing and that we we mean something to, to somewhere. So that would be my last um, things to say. Uh, that, that was amazing. <laughs> so there you have it. Let me tell you guys, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, Iaja, you are definitely, definitely an inspiration to your team, to anyone who knows you. 
I can tell that you are definitely here for the right reasons. You know, your passion goes beyond, <laughs> you know, understanding. And at the same time, that's what your team needs. You know, that's what students need, prospects need. And remember, when it comes to leading an, an admissions team, look, they feed off of your energy. They feed off of your passion, you know, so I can definitely tell that you lead from the front and you're here for the right reasons. Keep doing what you are doing and you better come back, Iaja. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Iaja. Okay. Have a good All right. one. You too. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Edda Career School's The Scoop with your host, Kathy Belletti. If you love what you hear, do not forget to like and share. Feel free to follow me on LinkedIn, or you can visit my website at lessons.motivatewithkat.com to learn more about how I help career schools grow. Head on over to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content. Leave us a rating, but do not forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Until then, live life 100% you.